Welcome to another episode of the TGC Canada podcast, Worship God. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, my name is Jody Cross. I'm the lead pastor at South Shore Bible Church in Barrie. We've got a couple of other great guys along with me today. This is Rob Brockman, worship pastor at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Aurelia and all the way from the West Coast. Fully open, non-masked, and fully free. Pat Sabell, worship yeah. leader, pastor <laughs> at Midtown Church. Good to see you guys. Good to be here, Jody. Jody. Now, you know, I, Pat, I felt for you because every other episode we've been talking about how, hey, we got 15%. Hey, we're outdoors. And you go, yeah, well, we're online. <laughs> we're online. Week after week, I was like, we're online. We're online. And the church plant, you're launched, man. Woo! want to just celebrate that with you guys. That's Unbelievable. great. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's so good. It was just, uh, I, I, I don't think anybody even knew what to do on Sunday. It was the first Sunday <laughs> where there was no bars that were on the pews saying you can't sit here and you can't sit there. And, mm. and uh, yeah, I mean, it's still encouraged to, to wear masks. I would say there's probably, you know, 15% of the congregation had a mask on, but that, you know, joyful singing and just this sense mm. of, I can see faces and I yeah. can, mm. uh, since, since, since we planted the church, uh, this is the, the first gathering that we've had where we've been free to do as we wish. It was pretty amazing. How many months since you planted? So you waited? Uh, we planted in January, 24th mm. of January. So mm. yeah. yeah, six months. Yeah. Well, sweet is the day that you get yeah. to realize the body. Uh, yeah, for sure. And we have been doing the outside thing. We did drive-in services for three weeks. We've been out in lawn chairs and uh, thanks be to God. We've had, <laughs> I think seven weeks of sunshiny Sundays. Praise oh, God. There was there was one that was looking horrible and I had a baptism service and I thought, Lord, just give us a three hour window. And graciously, the Lord granted us all day. It was all day sunny on that Sunday. Beautiful. Rob, how about you folks? You're doing a little bit of both, I understand. Yeah, we're doing a two two morning services right now and then um, doing an evening evening service weather weather dependent which has been nice and it, the evening service is different like it's not just a replica of the sunday morning it's a lot of like we did a a gospel kind of hoedown kind of thing uh last wednesday night and i taught on psalm 100 um so just something a bit more informal a bit more singing but kind of spread out over this nice big um lawn next to the church so yeah it's been good Good stuff. Well, hey, we continue to to roll with it. Thanks be to God for the ways that we've been able to continue to worship and preach and minister to the yeah. sheep. Well, today our issue uh, is good because in a sense, we have this represented in our, our panel, but we're going to be talking about uh, aging worship leaders. <laughs> Pat, that's you and I specifically. Yep. I'm aging yeah. too. I'm just not aged, but I'm aging. <laughs> I think you're aging... <laughs> You're aging slower than we're aging, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pat, maybe we'll hear about your story someday. But, uh, you know, at a certain point, you just realize that there's more in the rearview mirror than there is in front of you. And uh, so there's a lot of people who have been at this a long time, maybe who are up in the years. And specifically, we're going to deal with the issues today around those who are older, what what you aged, aging worship leaders can bring to the table, uh, what you have to teach younger leaders in your wisdom. And we also want to just talk about what older worship leaders need from younger leaders and how that they can be encouraged and helped helped uh, to grow and to keep going. As you think about the scriptures, I was thinking about Psalm 71, just talks about the generations. And in the New Testament, we hear this idea of passing the baton. Psalm 71, 18, the psalmist says, so even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power 
mm. to all those who come. And uh, there's a sense that, you know, we are very aware that we are where we are because a generation ahead of us helped us to step up and to step in. And now we're serving as older aging worship leaders, but there's also a generation behind us. We want to think about that. And then I love this for older, older age people. Uh, Psalm 92, 14 says, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree and grow in, like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. This is a great part. They still bear fruit in old age. They're ever full of sap and green. Mm-hmm. And what a, what a great promise that is for people who are older in ministry. You know, think of people like Joshua and Caleb who had the strength, uh, great strength of young leaders, young warriors when they were in their, you know, 80s up into 120 years of age. And so, oh, I no think... hair, gray hair. There it is. Was I, did you lose me for a second? Yeah, we you kind of paused. Right. It was suspenseful. It was great. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was my aging speech. <laughs> what I was really saying before the internet went unstable was that by the grace of God, we've made it this far. From, from youth to the sage, God's brought us. And, um, God has one more thing for us, if, if nothing else, to impact the next generation. So this is what Paul wanted to do with Timothy to pass the baton to a younger leader. So guys, I want to ask you, as time's gone by in our lives, how long have you been serving in worship ministry? And give us a, a brief overview of the churches that you've served in. Pat or Rob, let's start with you. Yeah, since I'm the youngest, um, yeah. <clears throat> I uh, so I've been in kind of worship ministry, more or less full-time worship ministry for about 15 years now. So I started off, you know, like leading worship in my church, but like, I'm not counting that when I was a kid. Um, but then kind of began in Lanark, Ontario. I spent about two years there in a small Baptist church there, um, kind of did worship and youth stuff there for a while. Uh, and then I moved to Toronto where I did, where I was at university. And in university for a couple of years, I was the worship director on campus at Tyndale. And so I was the worship guy there for the college students. And then when I moved to Montreal, three years there, I was doing worship and I was pastoral intern. I was kind of doing a lot of stuff, but doing, doing worship stuff there too. And then nine years in Georgetown as the worship pastor at Living Hope Church. Hmm. And then now in Aurelia. So uh, starting year one there. So mm-hmm. yeah, 15 years, roughly you know, small churches, big churches, bigger churches, kind of all over, all over the map. It's kind of been mm-hmm. my experience. That's good. As I hear your story, you know, I, I know a little bit about Lanark. I, I grew up in Ottawa. So yeah, you've had uh, quite a difference in geography and cultures. And Pat, you're going to tell us about yours in a second. But maybe a, a future podcast we could do just lessons learned from churches of different sizes and mm-hmm. denominations. And Oh, yeah. Uh, because, you know, mm-hmm. Between the three of us, we've served in probably 15 different churches or close to it uh, or settings and lots to learn. But um, Pat, up to you. How many years and where have you been? Well, I got 20 on Rob. I've, I've been doing this uh, for 35 years. Um, I was in Kamloops for five years where I got married there and uh, served a, a church as a lay worship leader for five years. And then went into full-time ministry in Etobicoke in Ontario uh, and was in a church of 1,200 there for five years and then moved to the lower mainland and uh, moved around a bit, was in New West for a couple of years, three years, and then planted a church in Surrey, uh, was there for 20, 20 years and uh, 
and then have been in Vancouver uh, since then. And so, um, yeah, I've kind of run the gamut in terms of very small and, and everything in between. And uh, it's, it's been a pure joy. I, I think of the amount of guys that, you know, might be uh, our age, Jody, that, you know, are, are, are burnt out or feeling like the ministry is kind of taken its toll. And I was with a, with a friend yesterday and just telling him how much I love Jesus more today. And, and I love the church more today than I think I ever have. And that's just a, a kindness. That's a evidence of God's mm -hmm. grace uh, at work in my soul and the privilege to be able to serve the church and to serve the people of God is, is, is been a real joy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we take it for granted. Not everybody makes it to, to 35 years for various reasons. Um, church life can take you out. Lots of things can take you out. So praise God for his uh, sustaining grace for you and Rob. And for me, I'm 33 years, just a little bit behind you. I started in 1988, September of 1988 with, I guess if I went back a couple of years to uh, campus ministry, I could be at 35 years. I was uh, born in 85. Just for context okay. here, guys. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> Appreciate that. We were learning how to play guitar as you were learning how to walk. That's it. <laughs> I was married in 1986. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, you guys my are old. Me... <laughs> we are old. Uh, but uh, coffee keeps us young. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, 30, yeah, so those years, five years in Ottawa, that's where I got my start, uh, Carleton University, then in a church, and then four in Newmarket. And then four in Orangeville at a Baptist church, nine in Barrie, then uh, 10 years up in Aurelia. And then now uh, I'm in a new role, just like, well, actually, we're, we're all in a new role, really, in the last number of months, the three of us. So uh, that's kind of cool that we're all together. So lots of years, I guess, to put it all together, we're, what is it, 60, 68, 70, 83 years of experience. So that <laughs> must mean we've learned something or at least been bumped around anyway. But hopefully. <laughs> well, I want to ask. In those, you know, those younger years when you were just trying to figure this all out, uh, we were all there and knew that we didn't really know what we were doing. What was your experience as a younger worship leader? Uh, and how were you impacted by an older worship leader that helped you as you began? Pat, why don't you uh, start us off? Oh, man. I, I mean, I think in a lot of the my early days, there wasn't a lot of uh, other people that I was looking up to because I didn't have people in the church that were that were um, that that really felt that they had that gifting or whatever to mentor or. Um, <clears throat> but when I was 26 years old, I met Bob Coughlin, and I'm sure those who are listening in are familiar with that name, and we we get the joy uh, pr pretty soon. I think August 27th. We're going to have Bob on the podcast here, um, but uh, met Bob at age 26 and kind of followed him and back and forth and, you know, communication for the few years. At age 33, I, I became part of Sovereign Grace, uh, planted a church with them and also became one of Bob's regional directors. So I had kind of a front row seat mm -hmm. to to Bob and, and his ministry and uh, traveled a lot with him and went into different conferences where he spoke. And so uh, spent a lot of time with Bob and learned so much from his leadership. Um, but Bob's uh, only nine years older than me, I think, right around there. 
Um, but in, in terms of just ministry uh, and his craft, just uh, far, far wiser. And, uh, and um, I, I just every, I think Bob got really tired of me over the years, just the amount of questions that I would ask. And I would say that to young worship leaders, like if the Lord brings someone into your life, um, you know, uh, don't be afraid to ask. There's no such thing as a bad question. Yeah. Um, ask as many as possible and, and come alongside that person and, and look for all the ways that you um, admire about the things you admire about them and, and seek to emulate those things in your life. Um, so, so I would say Bob was probably one of the, the greatest uh, mentors that God, God gave me early on as a young man. Mm. Good. Rob, how about you? Way back when, 15 years ago. Yeah. I, my story's interesting because like, I didn't, I didn't have anyone. Um, I grew up much like as a musician, I, I'm totally self-taught. Like I really, I didn't have these kind of people in my life. Like I didn't work at a big church where there was a worship pastor and I was a worship leader on staff uh, as like, I was a young guy who could start playing guitar and they were like, Oh, we need somebody on stage. And they put me on stage, you know, like it was, it was always that it was very informal. In fact, very young. I was, I was the guy that people would go to like in my early twenties, I was leading worship a lot and people would come to me. I didn't know anything. <laughs> and I didn't even really at that time have a great biblical understanding of worship. I just knew how to lead hill songs. And so I would just kind of play them like they were on the album. And uh, so, and I knew how to get a band together because I could hear parts. And so I was, I kind of fell into things and kind of stumbled my way around. And it wasn't until about 10 years ago or so that I came across. So who's my, my guy would be Paul Balash, even though I've never met Paul Balash. Those DVD, he has a few DVDs that yep. just were gold that I ate up and watched. I've watched those DVDs so many times and just learning about like the heart of a worship pastor and the heart of a worship leader and how do you make arrangements and how do you deal with your band and how do you deal with conflict and all those things. Like he was my guy and I, and I watched and watched and learned and learned. And then, and then later on, um, like I, I, when I was at Tyndale, I had a, there was a worship, the worship director of the, of the, of the, of the seminary was a guy named Colin Owen. And he, I think he's now a worship pastor out in like DC. Um, and so, or Calgary somewhere West, I don't know anyway. And so he was my, and so I was kind of very much influenced by him it, it, during my university years as well. But, you know, it, it, I kind of, I'm kind of self-made and kind of books like Bob's books. And then Bob's Bob does a DVD series also that he works through worship matters and like a video series was very helpful for me, but that's all been very recent in the last 10 years. So yeah, much of my journey was reading and learning later mm -hmm. in life. And really that development, that shaping in the last 10 years, um, kind of happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like I'm like you. I think my story is, is like you. I stepped into a role that I didn't feel adequately equipped for. I was a guitar player who just had a heart for God. And and um, you know, the Lord sets us apart even even whether we have lots of experience or modeling or not. And my experience was that I was part of a church as a as a teenager where the music part was uh 
organ, pipe organ, the big deal with wow. a full on choir and, and robes and the whole bit. That was it. And singing hymns. So that's what I knew uh, when I got saved. And then the next church that I was part of, which I ended up going on staff with, they were kind of a, an old camp meeting revival hour sort of, you know, thing, great piano player, lady who'd been playing forever, just knew how to own that keyboard and, and a lady who was sat beside her on the organ. And it was a hymn, it was a hymn church, piano and organ and someone waving their hands. So I stepped into that role 33 years ago when this was all new guitars. And if you ever wanted to introduce the drums, all of that was brand new. There was, yeah. was nobody that was walking ahead of me. <clears throat> we sort of stumbled and made it up and learned. And like you, Rob, I, I think my mentors were, were conference people, conference leaders, people that I saw or books that I read. And I just learned as, as I went along and, and walked through it. Today is it much different. There are, you know, there are all the things that you've mentioned. There are leaders that, that are accessible. There's books and DVDs and courses and training schools. And, you know, if you're a younger leader watching today, there's all sorts of ways that you can come alongside someone or uh, a ministry that is intentional about training. And uh, you will have a leg up for sure on what most yeah. of us did. Well, so here we are all these years later. Uh, what does, as you reflect, what does an older leader bring to the table? Somebody who's been at it a while. What do we bring uh, after 10, 15, 20, 30 years that maybe we didn't have when we started? Well, I, th I think hopefully we're going to bring, um, you know, life has a way and ministry has a way to, um, I don't know, I would, my wife would say, and she's a good, good judge. <clears throat> my wife would say that, you know, I'm a lot there's a lot more grace in my life than there was um, in my early years of ministry. I remember, you know, grabbing one of the doctrines uh, in my early days and, you know, wanting to ram it down people's throats rather than give opportunity for people to process. And, um, and so I think that the older I've gotten, the the more I'm aware of my own brokenness. Um, <clears throat> I've sinned against many people and I've been sinned against many times and the effects of, of the world in which we live. It's, it's not as God intended it be to, intended it to be the, the, you know, our churches are not as God intended them to be. Um, everything is, is tainted by sin and and we feel the effects of that and yet in the middle of that this the beauty of the gospel and the grace of god shines and i think it shines brighter in in someone who's been in ministry for a long time and and learns from every one of those moments of brokenness um, and and hopefully it's making you more humble and it's mm. it's making you more gracious and more more, um, you know, there's, there's the ability to trust God for the process. And so, <clears throat> you know, what, what I love about being with young men um, is uh, I, I, I'm grateful for the years that, that God gave me as a young man, but I also look at them often and I feel like, wow, that was me 20 years ago, or mm -hmm. that was me 30 years ago. Uh, and grateful where I am today and grateful that I get the, the privilege of 
of coming alongside some of these men and speaking into their life in a way that says, hey, you know, it, it always, it's always better to be more gracious and it's always better to be humble and it's always better to recognize uh, our, mm -hmm. our need for Jesus. And so, yeah, I think, I think, I think hopefully if, if we're learning uh, in the journey, we're, we're going to become men that I think just minister out of a, a place of just uh, of, of tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. And he's, he's very been very good to me. And in light of that, how could I not uh, extend that same goodness and graciousness to, to others? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's excellent. I definitely think that something I notice in worship leaders who are older, and I would, I would say you guys model this well is, is, it's like a tenderness, like a, when I'm, when I'm, when you're younger, it's, it's a lot easier to be a lot more kind of brash and bold and firm on things and mm -hmm. kind of confident and kind of like, there's this, there's a, there's a tendency towards that kind of pride of youth, but I've noticed a lot in older worship, there's just kind of like a warmth, a tenderness that I think is, uh, I want to try to emulate in my younger years in ministry. And that inspires me to want to go, I want, I want to, I want to be like that. And I do think it stems from after ministering for 30 years, you sort out what's important in, in worship ministry, you sort out really like, okay, is it all about the flash and the cool lights and, or is it more about discipleship and the gospel and raising up? And I, I generally find that that's where the older guys end up. They end up with, man, if I could do it all over again, I probably wouldn't put as much effort into the multi-tracks and I put more effort into multiplication <laughs> into like people raising up leaders, walking with them, having people in my home. And, and when I hear of people um, talking about worship pastors and leaders who are older and they, it's always that very relational, very intimate relationship they poured into my life. And so I think that is definitely, man, what, what a great benefit that those who are older can bring uh, to the church, especially in, in worship ministry, that kind of gentleness and that, and that tenderness that comes from kind of getting the right priorities in line. Mm -hmm. That's good, Rob. Thanks. Thanks for that. For me, I think, um, as you get older, you, you definitely have seen things in the past. So I, I like to think if God puts a mountain in front of you, you have to climb, you can look over your shoulder and see other mountains he's brought you to and through and, and up and you can look back and see great, great is God's faithfulness. So I believe that older leaders bring a sense of um, uh, resiliency, that they've been there, they've seen God's faithfulness, and there's a hope and an encouragement to trust God for the things that are ahead. I have this little theory that we continue to be come around the mountain again and again, and God continues to teach us these lessons, but maybe at a deeper level, you know, every time you come around again. And uh, so we've been through a lot, but, you know, there's still more boats to step out of and more water to walk on, more mountains to climb. Mm. And perspective is one thing I think as well, that older leaders, hopefully we we feel like we don't have to prove anything. We don't have to impress anybody that more and more our aim is to please the Lord, as the scripture says, 
and to realize, as you have said, Rob, that just the priorities of people and the Lord, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, that being hip and cool and having the right songs is, is not job one. It's to shepherd the flock and to love the Lord and to love God's people. And, um, and hopefully there's a, um, a multi-generational heart that, you know, I think there's wisdom and, and experience brings the ability to minister to older people and to younger people to, to understand them more because you're getting a lot closer to those senior years. But you remember when you were 25 at the same time, maybe you've got some teenagers in your house. You have a perspective that's broader and bigger and I think enables you to, to reach out to a, a cross-section of people. So those are some strengths and maybe those who are, who are listening or watching today go, okay, yeah, I can identify some of those things and maybe think of other things as well that you have as strengths. How about this? As we talk about what areas, in what areas uh, older leaders might be lacking in, where do we struggle? Uh, Pat, we'll start with you. Where do you think older leaders might be lacking? Uh, I, you know, I, th I think there's always this uh, struggle. It doesn't matter what age you are of sinful comparison. Um, and I think that's a real struggle and it, it can be even more so in, in your old age. <clears throat> I think, um, you know, I think being comfortable in your own skin and not trying to be somebody that God didn't, didn't call you to be, um, I think is really important. Um, you know, I think like God, God gave me two, two sons. My older sons are 30 and 32 soon to be 33 and um you know i've learned a ton from them um they they absolutely have their own personalities and and i have my own personality and i've you know i have no desire to force mine on them or nor do they force their theirs on mine but we uh we we have much to contribute to each other and god god's made us how he's made us and who he's made us to be. And um, so I think it's important that we, that we're ever learning from, from young people, but as an, as an older guy, um, it, you know, there, you're, you're always going to feel like you're lacking. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like some ways the Lord keeps me low by, by just this recognition that um you know, maybe I'm, I'm just not that great of a musician or I'm not that, that gifted. And, and so, uh, I, I desperately need Jesus. I have this wonderful thing that overtakes me every time still after 35 years of getting up on a Sunday morning or just a, a holy fear of, of the privilege that I, that I get to stand before the people of God and, and lead worship and, and, and I think, you know, I want, I want to, I want to keep that. I want to, I want to stay low. I want to, but I want to recognize that, that um, God's called me to this and that, uh, uh, you know, he's going to equip me and give me all that I need to do it. And, and there, there are so many things. I mean, you think about just our culture and our age, everything is changing so quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, when I took this job at Midtown, I remember informing the lead pastor that uh, that I am 55, just in case you <laughs> you forgot. 
And uh, there's just certain things that's not in my wheelhouse. So we're going to have to either hire somebody or find somebody to do those things. Mm. And I think, I think that's really important that we, we just be okay with, with how God's called us and gifted us. And, and then I think look to the, 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 the younger guys to help us in the areas that we, that we are lacking. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, Rob, what do you think? Yeah. I, and I want to really temper this because like, I have just such admiration and respect for older people. And so I, I even feel weird talking about weaknesses. Cause I'm like, shut up, Rob. Nobody wants to hear what a young guy thinks about older people's weaknesses. But what I'll say is this, I'll, I'll couch it in a compliment. It can be a strength and a weakness is I think what I've seen from a lot of older musicians, I'm assuming maybe this applies to older worship pastors is that you kind of find your style and then you kind of stay in it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can date you. Not that that's a bad thing. It's the thing like to a certain degree, we all have, like Pat was talking about, God has made us a certain way. And I even think musically, there are certain things that we're just going to be ourselves in. And that's why, you know, Paul Balash will always sound like Paul Balash and Bob will always sound like Bob and, and Pat and Joe, you guys will always sound like yourselves. And there's good in that, but that can also be a challenge when you're on a team with other people who are trying to do something different mm-hmm. and you can't quite lean into it. Um, because it's like, well, I just, I can't, do that thing. I can't do that style. I can't play that way. Like my guitar pattern is just, I can't quite get that strum pattern and stuff. I think it becomes this idea of teaching an old dog, new tricks. Like I think sometimes that can be the case as you get older. And I even see it in myself, like styles of playing and styles of, you know, my electric guitar sounds, you know, are dated to when I was in my twenties and now they're not modern anymore. And now this, like, I'm not really up to date and I'm still young, but I, and I'm still noticing that I'm even getting stuck in my own pattern. So I think that can be, it can be a positive, but it can also be a negative. And generally I think that is good and we need that. And I think we need people who reflect something and own that and and they become known for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I like that. I think there's strength in that. Um, you don't have to reinvent yourself. It's sometimes it's kind of embarrassing to see older people wearing ripped jeans and trying to be cool. And you kind of go, ah, it doesn't really work, you know? Um, so we, we don't want to try to fake anything, but it's a positive and a negative, you know, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like the electric guitar player who's still playing the, uh, the dotted eighth edge guitar ref, uh, 25 years later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the sound that comes out every Sunday morning. Yeah. Well, I will give some, some true confession here as I think about that. The, the whole area of uh, technical, technical stuff is a challenge. Uh, you know, technical skills, loops, programming, all of that stuff that seems to come so naturally to younger leaders in their 20s. Either I don't have the time or the brain or the affinity for it. But that's stuff that I would be happy to pass off and delegate and let someone in, in a ministry that I was part of run with. Um, it's just not something. And it could be a case of, you know, when you're married, you have four kids, you don't have the time to be reading through manuals and watching endless YouTube tutorials and yeah. playing with gear. So that's one thing that I personally am lacking and other people may feel that. And uh, I think another one would just be energy. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're older, you don't maybe have the drive and the energy that you once did. And the enthusiasm. Um, 
And there's maybe seasons too, when, you know, if you're kind of a guy in your thirties or forties and you're running your kids all over to, to lessons and, and uh, sports events, and you're pretty tired, I'm almost an empty nester. And so I think maybe my energy is coming back in terms of that kind of thing, but mm. older leaders probably are lacking some of that. Mm. So when it comes time to, you know, you asked the question, Pat, maybe you've thought of this. I have too. At some point you are a doer and then you maybe think, maybe I should become an equipper. And uh, Rob, I know you're thinking about that too already. You're thinking, how can I invest in other people? But if you push that, that thought to the end and someone comes to the end of maybe their, their ministry life, or they're wondering if it's the end of their ministry life, give some advice to older leaders who may be asking the question, maybe it's time for me to hang up the skates, you know, to, to put my guitar down. Uh, when, when do you think it might be time to do that? Uh, give us some ideas of uh, help us help us to process that if someone's thinking that. Oh man. Well, I I think uh, when it comes to ministry, maybe maybe never. It's just more a matter of how that ministry is gonna what it's gonna look like. Because um, we're gonna do ministry till Jesus returns, and then and then we'll 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 I guess we'll uh, hang up the skates then. <laughs> only to forever uh, be in his presence and no fullness of joy. <clears throat> but it, it, you know, it, it means that our role will change. Um, and, and I think we should always be holding things loosely. I've always told my worship teams that, uh, you know, I get the privilege to, to, to do what I do right now, but I, I hold it with my hands wide open. And I always say, Jesus, there's someone that's coming up behind me that's that's better that's going to take my place <clears throat> and i use the expression that i'm playing the back nine already and for people that don't understand that that's a, a golf term of there's 18 holes on a course and and i'm a, i'm in the back nine maybe i'm playing the 14th or 15th <laughs> hole and that means that that the, the my game is almost over um, and so there should there should be this real excitement uh, that, that, you know, that the seasons that are changing and, uh, and welcoming them with joy that I have the privilege of passing the baton, um, to, to someone who the Lord has called to take over and that I'm going to, I'm going to do ministry differently. Um, and I think if we hold things loosely and we recognize it, that our identity isn't found in this, that, that Jesus, our identity is found in Jesus and Christ alone, um, then, then I think with joy, we could embrace every season. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then Lord, how do I, how do I train the younger guys? How do I come alongside them? How do I see them be, uh, do ministry and, and do better, be more successful than I was, um, I just said to my son a couple of weeks ago, as he was leading worship and the next day I came in the office, I said, bud, when I watched you lead on Sunday, I said, there was, there was something on you, uh, that, that, that is God given. And I said, it just brought so much joy to my heart to watch you, uh, lead God's people. He's you know, he got a, a double or a triple portion of what I got in terms of musical gifting and uh, just the way he thinks and, um, you know, his love for theology. And I'm just going, 
this is amazing. And, and we should praise God and rejoice in that and, and, and be willing to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to do ministry till Jesus returns and whatever the next stage looks like, uh, I just want to embrace it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I think, you know, a good way to know when it might be time to hang up the skates is when the Lord tells you to hang up the skates. Like, and maybe that's a, a cop out, but that happened to me like recently, like I being in my role at living hope, it was love the church, love a very comfortable and, you know, wasn't thinking about leaving. And then all of a sudden an opportunity comes and through that opportunity, it kind of, what God revealed to me about my role was that I think I was, I probably gave all I could in that context and they needed fresh eyes. They needed a fresh person to come in. I'm not saying that always happens just in this particular situation. I felt like, you know what? I think they need something different that I can't bring there now. I think that's just the Lord moving me on somewhere else, moving me. My passions were shifting and so I think if, if I start, I think if you're feeling frustrated, tired, I've seen a lot of older leaders getting irritable, like, and I think maybe there's some signs there where it's just like, I'm just, I don't have the patience for this ministry and stuff like this anymore. I think those are, those can all be signs, not that you're done, but like we're saying, like, maybe there's a, a shifting, or there's a shifting in focus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have seen it in you guys. I've seen it in other worship guys, like. I find a lot of worship guys who are aging make phenomenal teachers and leaders of churches. They've spent their ministry leading teams. So the idea of taking on elders board, isn't that crazy? They spend time working with musicians. So having your own worship guy, well, you know how to speak the language. There's a great partnership that can happen there. Like, I think there's a natural, there can be a very natural progression in ministry, not necessarily, but there can be a natural progression from worship pastor to teaching pastor or associate pastor or something. And it happens all the time. And I think that's because as we grow, as we develop, as we develop our theology, we love teaching it and passing it along. We're used to teaching. We're used to using these skill sets that these other roles need. So I think it's a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in your life. And it's a sensitivity to what's God saying and, and a, a willingness to be open to that which is what I had to go. I'd, I had to be willing to go, okay, Lord, maybe you want to shift things over a bit. And that's scary also because, you know, we get a certain amount of comfort. We get a certain amount of security in our roles. And, but, you know, I just think of the apostle Paul, like I'm just willing to do all things. I'm willing to do whatever it mm -hmm. means, whatever it costs, I'm willing to do it mm. for the sake of Christ. And so that's got to be our heart. Yeah. I think I'd be asking the question, you know, when, when those thoughts, that restlessness, that discontent, the holy discontentment starts to, to bubble up in your life, I might be tempted to say, um, Lord, how can you use me? How do you want to use me? Here I am in the days that I live in and what I've experienced. I'm, I'm a bit of a, a case study in, in terms of what you just said. So 33 years of really playing guitar, leading worship and other associate duties. But I'm currently now in a role where I'm preaching 70% of the time, and I'm leading worship the other percentage of the time, 30%. Mm. And when I'm when I'm not leading worship directly, I'm jumping on a bass guitar, playing electric or something, supporting the people that are. 
So it, it's been an interesting transition, and I wondered how it would be stepping into a preaching role, a lead pastor role. Pat, this this was you too. You did this for a lot of years. Yeah. And so I wondered what it would be like to to let go of the the direct worship leading, you know, and then picking up a preaching role. But it's going really well, and uh, I don't feel like it's a loss. I feel like it's a gain, and and uh, I'm privileged to work with two other people that are leading worship on a regular basis. So I'm I'm living it out in these first eight months of this new role for me. And um, so God did lead me into something different and just, I think, stretch me in a new way and help me to use some capacity that maybe I wasn't able to use or wasn't given the opportunity to use just because I was in that role. And so given a, a different role, new giftings come out. I think, I think, you know, like, I just think about what needs to, what needs to be at the root of all this is this line jumped out to me when I read it for second Timothy four 11, uh, Paul's at the end of his ministry. And he says, this he tells Timothy, um, Luke alone is with me, get Mark and bring him with you for he is very useful to me for ministry that. So Paul is saying, Mark is useful to me for ministry. And I remember thinking, what would Paul say about me? Like, and I, and that idea of, longing to be useful to the Lord in, in yeah. ministry in whatever, whatever, I don't care if it's being a janitor. I don't care if it's preaching, if it's leading worship, if it's kids ministry, whatever. I just long to be useful for the Lord. And if that, if we can get that at the root of our kind of being, I just want to be useful to God in whatever way I think then, yeah, I think those are people he can use and maybe a lot of people will criticize guys from jumping from positions to positions, but you know, Hey, maybe that's just the Lord using somebody who's willing to be useful. You know uh, we don't know, but I think that's, that's a good, it's a good word for all of us. Like let's just long to be useful. Yeah. Well, we're at the uh, last words part of our podcast. I'm going to give you guys two sentences or a few more. Uh, what would you want to say to these folks as we, uh, we tune out? What advice would you give? Uh, I would say, I mean, your, your, your opening verse, Jody, has been, been my theme verse since I was like 15 years old. You know, don't forsake me even when I'm old and gray until I've, uh, you know, proclaimed your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. And I would say, you know, at the end of it all, I, and I pray this for every aging worship leader that we could say, when we stand before the Lord, we fought a good fight mm. and we finished our course and we kept the faith. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just want to finish. Well, I want every young worship leader around me go. I love that guy because he deeply loves Jesus mm. and he loves the church. And I want to be old like him one day <laughs> and still be loving <laughs> Jesus mm. and loving the church. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I think just a word, of encouragement to my older brothers in the ministry is, you know, second Corinthians chapter four, verse seven. Uh, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show the surpassing power of the gospel. Like our, these are, um, these are temples, but they're temples of doom, right? They're falling apart. And uh, we have this wonderful, glorious gospel in them. So aging is going to happen, but the gospel just grows when our weakness shows, right? The gospel grows in power. So we put our hope in that great gospel.
that God, Lord willing, we're learning as we more and more and more and experiencing more and more as we grow. And so, man, the gospel, like, you know, that's what you're saying, Pat, like the gospel shines, God willing, the gospel's going to shine out of us more and more as we age. And so that's something to celebrate. Yeah. For me, I would say first thing is don't coast. If you're up in years and you've got years of experience behind you, it's easy to settle in, to settle for status quo. Uh, I heard someone say to me once, guys in their 50s, their temptation is just to take it easy, coast to the end. But I would say don't do that. Don't be that person. Lean in, press press into the Lord. Uh, lean in to your calling and give it all you've got with the strength in you that is the Lord's strength, the strength that, that God graciously gives you. And the second thing would be leaning in. If, if you're still in the role and you still got some, some steam and some cycles, do a great job at what you do, mm. but make a big priority of your life to invest in younger leaders. Mm. Work with them, walk with them, disciple them, mentor them, love them, encourage them, cheer them on, push them forward, step back on the platform, push them forward, give them opportunities, uh, affirm their gifting and their calling and be their biggest cheerleader. You will, you will bless and multiply your life in, in so doing. And uh, you'll pass that baton on to other leaders. Um, and as you, as you go, uh, and if God calls you to step out of that role, trust God for the next thing for you. If you're willing to be used, he will, he will use you when you're old and gray. Mm-hmm. Guys, I want to thank you for your time today. And just Thanks, I want to thank Jerry. you for your faithfulness and uh, praise God for his grace in all of our lives that we're still here some 80 some years cumulatively later through many dangerous toils and snares he's brought us and by grace he will continue to use us and lead us on and thanks everybody for for watching thank you for your faithfulness in your local church thank you for those who are starting and uh, you that have a humble heart and want to be teachable and those of you who have been at it for years and decades and multiple decades and are just saying lord i want to i want to honor you and be fruitful and faithful I want, as Rob said, just uh, to be useful for you. So God bless you. We'll see you again, Lord willing, in two weeks. And uh, join us again for Worship God podcast. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.